Everyone, welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club Season 7. I, of course, am your pal Slowbeef, and with me is my good friend Jim. Hey everybody, I don't have a soda can tonight. <laughs> my good friend Devious Vacuum. Hi, thanks for inviting me to this first annual meeting of former Anne Rice fans anonymous. <laughs> Farah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. Good. Um, <laughs> my good friend Turbo C. I thought you were going to say it was a soda addicts, uh, recovering soda addicts meeting. (laughs) We're recovering from a lot of things. Soda, Catholicism. (laughs) My good friend, Aaron Ronan. Uh, This podcast brings misfortune to everyone who listens to it. (laughs) (laughs) Forward this podcast to three of your friends. (laughs) Polahoko's taking a sabbatical, so um, it's us, and we are here with a certain video game. A new genre on Visual Novel Visual Novel Book Club. The horror genre, maybe, as we bring you... I'm sure I'm going to butcher this. The House of Fata Morgana. House in. In Fata Morgana. House in Fata Morgana. I told you I'd butcher it. <laughs> the House in Fata, Mo- Fata Morgana. <laughs> yeah, that's it. There we go. Perfect. Um. <laughs> hey, welcome to my podcast, everybody. <laughs> you got to hold your first two fingers to your thumb and then say Fata Morgana. I'm gonna make you a nice visual novel. <laughs> I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a love, a romance, a young a young boy. It's Whenever. beautiful. I didn't realize it was a uh, Italian word. Well, two words. <laughs> when, whenever we get to too heavy of a part of the story, we'll just all slip into an Italian accent. There you go. Yes. <laughs> we open up on the Lord's Prayer. Everybody, clap your hands. Right, but, um, oh my god. So. So they turned it. It was a severed head of his own mother. Oh, mama! <laughs> um, we do open though the game on the Lord, on uh, the Our Father, or like part of it with a couple of added lyric verses. Right. Yeah, the intro is basically you find a spooky house in the woods, but done in a That's very right. over uh, overwrought kind of way. They say an Our Father, but at the end. Instead of, and lead us not into temptation, they say, have mercy on me and cast their souls into internal damnation, mm. um, which is really, like, uh, intense. Oh, extra. <laughs> old, Old Testament. A bit, a bit much. <laughs> a bit accusatory, right off the bat. <laughs> um, and then, uh, oh, also I should say that the game asks you to wear headphones while you're playing it. And uh, I did, and I it was a fantastic experience. I'm, I feel like I'm really missing out, actually, because yeah, I... Yeah, you, you, you are. Uh, some parts of it you're missing out. Some of it is... So, like, they're all, they make a point of uh, pointing out that all the uh, music is, you know, original composed. There's only a few sound effects that were they bought somewhere. Um, mm. And some of the music, I think, is really good. There is... I don't know if this was on my end, but, like, one of the first songs, uh, I heard kept, like, popping in my headphones, so that was an unpleasant experience. I thought you were gonna talk about, like, the childhood flashback song, and, like, how it was, you know, it had a lot, it had a, it was It's a Small World-esque at times. Yeah, it was grating. Yeah, they're, they're short, 
they they're kind of short for the scenes that they put them in, so they repeat a lot too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I should, by the way, you know what? Before we get too far into it, we should just like a couple of things. Uh, the soundtrack titles don't seem to have spoilers. They're in a different language. But the Steam trading cards apparently do, according to DVAC, right? Oh, yeah. The Steam trading cards that popped up while I was playing the game. I mean, they have character names. They're all characters. And um, I don't. I guess I'll know more exactly how serious of a spoiler it is as we continue to play the game. But it definitely, like... Gave me some knowledge about what was going to happen that I might not have known otherwise. Yeah, so just that's just a little buyer beware for those of you reading along with us. Read us not into temptation. <laughs> oh um, my god! Also, the game starts with us like nar- our internal narration, um, like looking down at our own corpse. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and we got crucified. I feel like I missed that part. No, wait, no, I got it. I remember yeah. it now. Easy to forget. Yeah. It says you were, you're staring at your corpse, but it's also being dragged to your crucifixion. So I guess they crucify you after they kill you? Which is a little <laughs> okay. bit extra. That can happen, though. Like, they do that, yeah, I think, yeah, to, totally. like, kind of... Yeah. You say they do that, like, present tense. I'm sure, you know, I'm sure we're not far from that. Um... No, like, it, it, I think the, like, because, y- you know, crucifixion, like, we usually think of it, like, as an execution method, but, like, Conan, a historical figure, was crucified as a torture kind of thing. And, uh, but I'm, I think they also, like, did it, like, an impaling thing, too, to, like, kind of display, like, this is what happens if you fuck with us kind of shit. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, we remember dying while resolving to, like, find someone again, like, finding our special person. Mm-hmm. person we love again um so that's how the game like starts while everything's all spooky and dark and everything and so we are we are a character but we are also us and and like the the narrative refers to us as you with a capital yeah. y yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we're us i think the game's going to do something eventually with that i, I think it's it's probably a, like a, a specific character that we're playing yeah I, that would agree oh with yeah me. Oh, no, I, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think it's interesting that the game is kind of playing with, because I think, too, like, it's first person, right, when they're talking about the crucifixion, or when whoever is talking about yeah. the crucifixion, but then it's second person when we're in the house, and then the actual, like, story beats of the game are third person. Well, I, I do like that, and, and, uh, Oren, you read this in, uh, in Japanese, right? I did, yes. And then, and then I watched in English, too. <laughs> I gotcha. You say watched? Uh, on YouTube. Oh, okay. Wait, is there a? Oh, you mean like a let's play or something? Yeah. I didn't know there. I didn't think there was an anime yeah, yeah, or anything let's, of this. Let's play. Of course, with someone reading all the dialogue out loud, so I had to suffer for right. Of course. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I wish this was an anime. No, I wish this was a movie, and it would be directed by Guillermo del Toro. That's uh, that's actually that'd be what fitting. Yeah. 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 It really feels like a. This oh man, this game's got all all the stuff in it, folks. All that good branding from your pal Dvac that we've been missing from the show. I gotta tell you, by the way, I really even it's a Japanese game, which might make you think anime, but it's it's not an anime style at all. But I really, really like the art style. Everyone this. looks like a creepy doll. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. heavy with the eyeshadow and the, and the eyelashes. Yeah, a lot yeah. of bags under the eyes. Everyone is effeminate, and everyone looks extremely tired. Yeah. Well, we only yeah. see one male character, right? So far? So far, we've seen any art for you. Oh, that had a sprite, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, of course. There's like the priest that is never shown. Yeah. So we, the, so we, we died. Um, so we, we are awoken with someone saying to us, wake up, master. Yeah, back to the second person for, for a second. In English, it capitalizes the you every time. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. It also capitalizes your, as in like when it's saying like your mansion, which I thought yeah. was weird because I was thinking maybe the you was just like, oh, my name is you. Is that like a royal way thing? In Japanese, it, it's spelled all in hiragana. It's uh, anata every time, which is strange by its own because you usually omit that part of the sentence and then it also in quotes every time hmm hmm wait, wait you said hiragana yeah like not kanji i guess yeah so it's anata in japanese quotes which is strange but they translated by capitalizing the u which it, it probably means something i don't know what yet so gotcha capitalizing the y and u yeah so we get so we we are the master of this estate. Uh, so we wake up in this scary looking rundown old old mansion and mm-hmm. I guess we're like we're like slowly waking up and I imagine that we're like probably in like a rocking chair of some kind. There's they a fire. explicitly tell us. They're like you're yeah. rocking in a rocking chair facing a fire. So I again we're right here yeah. in my wheelhouse <laughs> with this. Honestly, we're here at the end of interview with the vampire already. Um, and there's a vampire maid. Well, she, sorry, she's not. I don't know if she's a vampire or not, but she's a maid, and she looks a lot like a vampire. I'm pretty suspicious of every character so far. Every character in this could be a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> it's about as goth as you can make something. The one anime thing that happened is that we are, we have amnesia. Yes, we don't know who we are, but she's our maid, and she's going to tell us who we are by taking us around the house and teaching us about the history of the of the mansion that we're in, um, using powers. Um, <laughs> I like that using powers. It's a lot. It, it actually is. It's a lot like um, like the game that you were streaming, Slow Beef. Um, the Sekiro that got taken down. Yes, yeah, Sekiro. Oh. It's just like that. <laughs> oh, devotion. You mean? Devotion, yeah. Where we go, we're, uh, so we're gonna go around to different rooms of the house, and each one is a different year, and we're gonna learn about like what the mansion was like in during that time. And so she's gonna the 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 maid who does not get a name uh, yet. Uh, she got, takes us by the hand through the house, and um, she you know she calls us master, and she's happy that like we're awake now that we've that we've finally returned, and it, and so she's been waiting in this house for us to return. So I want to I want to say one thing that actually sort of disappointed me about this game, and maybe it's just because this is the first chapter. So when we wake up, we are granted um, the uh, she says good morning. I think to us, we are able either able to respond with a good morning or i guess silence dots be little cloud strife here uh that seemed to uh, unless there was something wrong on my end that was the only interaction we had the entire chapter as as like a player yeah. oh yeah. yeah it is there are going to be more choices later but okay it's it's a it's a linear game uh you want there aren't any real branches there are some bad endings yeah i mean it it's fine if there aren't I mean, I'm fine with it being completely linear, even if there aren't any branches. I felt just a little disappointed. Like, there were times even that she, uh, the maid asks you questions. I'm like, okay, I get to, like, you know, answer and maybe get a slightly different dialogue. But they didn't even grant us that. So. Nope. 
It really makes it seem like the maid is more sinister than she appears. Because no. we seem unwilling, regardless of my of us, the player, wanting to know more. Like, uh, the character we're playing seems very unwilling to engage with her. <laughs> I can't believe you thought that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> in, in the main part of the story, she's the narrator, too. Yeah, she's yeah. guiding us through this. So she takes us by the hand, and um, the first door that we go through is the garden door. And she says, no matter what happens, don't let go of my hand, uh, which is very ominous. Yeah, mm-hmm. after a whole tight you'll get lost. washes over you. Yeah. Uh, so the first door, we start chapter one, which is the first door, 1603. Um, another thing that they did at the begin- very beginning when the game starts is that they point out that, like, the characters' like beliefs in this game are representative of like the time that they were alive in, and don't reflect the opinions of the authors, which I thought was a really interesting like caveat. Yeah. Um, I you know I think that 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 shows how much maybe it reflects like how much they were going for accuracy, which is interesting. There's a lot of things that are explained in this that are like explaining how. It, things worked during this time period that I really appreciated. Yeah. Mm. So we come to this same mansion in the year 1603, where it is. Um, I don't know how much detail I want to go into. And we immediately go like six years back. Yeah, we go yeah. eight years back for no reason at all. It's like, okay, here's the garden. It's nice. Now let's go eight years back to when these people were totally children. Yeah, I was confused by that, honestly. Or well, especially the maid's phrasing, because she she says. Uh, we're we're starting eight years from uh, before this. And I'm like, wait a second, bef- before, before. I got confused by that too, right? Like, because then I'm like, wait, are we now in 1611 when we flash forward a bit, or is it still 1603? But you know, I, I think the main part of the chapter takes place in 1603, and then just the beginning where they the children. Yeah. Is- no, I I think that's right too. I just I I did think it was confusing. It was just like, yeah, the phrasing was a little bit weird in how the maid tried to tell us that. So we're introduced to our sort of two main, uh, two of our sort of main characters for this chapter, uh, which are a brother and sister named Mel and Nelly. Um, what a what a convention to go with for you. I say this as someone who my my and my siblings name do rhyme. Um, like <laughs> it's a lot. Mel and Nelly. Um, and they are little babies at this time. They're like five and two or something. I don't know. They're having an adorable child conversation. Mel is reading a book. He is a smart boy. Nelly Nerd. is like, I love you, big brother. And he's like, I love you too. We're the best of friends and siblings in 1603. This is great. <laughs> it's weird how they mention the year like that, but yeah. yeah weird. Um... <laughs> I hope no one with a more modern context talks about it. No, no, I believe yeah. it's 1595, I was going to say. 1595. <laughs> sister, you silly goose. <laughs> yeah, and they, they kind of talk to each other, like, in an antiquated way, but not too much that it's, like, annoying to read, but, like, they call each other, like, dearest sister and dearest brother and stuff like that, but it's it's pretty, it's pretty modern. It's not, like... 100% period accurate. Yeah, it was a bit weird when they went into the rap sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I really liked it. <laughs> My name is Billy Mel and I'm here to say. Oh, it was just like Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how they talked with 90s slang the whole time. Like, yo, that's fresh. 
<laughs> was just doing uh, skateboarding down the hallway of my parents' mansion. Too much artwork where they just had their arms crossed and looking to the side. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do want, I do want to say this is. I think this is very well translated uh, because I've seen both. Um, so yeah, you, you say, dearest brother and dear sister. This is translation of like Konisama and. Yeah, it's endearing. Yeah, it's it's well translated. That, that's all I'm going to say. It's it's um, it, it, it's not the direct translation of the Japanese. It just it it makes it period appropriate. I mean, not completely, but. Uh, Let me ask this: um, Do we know when where this actually is supposed to be? Like, I'm assuming it's Europe somewhere, and from the title, I would guess Italy, but I don't know if it's ever explicitly it said. It seems like it's in England because. They're called, they're called Rhodes, and they go to see Shakespeare. England, yeah, they go to see Shakespeare performed. Yeah. Oh, fair, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. You're right. While he's still alive. Which would be, like, time period appropriate, too, for 1603. Yeah, this is during the Renaissance. Wow, Romeo and Juliet was in theaters for six years? Damn. I guess so, I mean, it seems weird, like, that, that, that part doesn't match up. It also got, like, a 47 on Rotten Tomatoes at the time. It's really not that bad, but, you know. know. They used real tomatoes back then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, how fresh they were is actually a compliment. Like, oh, thank you. It's quite delicious. I think we got our episode title now. (laughs) (laughs) The merit also frames it, like, this is is the golden period between two very dark um, periods of, of history. Yeah, they are very specific about it. They're like, this particular generation had, like, this ability to be, like, this sort of intellectual and selfish, and the previous and the next generations would not have that that luxury. So that was interesting. And uh, so during this time of 1603 was when this mansion, uh, the, the family there was the Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, but the way that they re- people referred to the mansion was as Rose Manor, like the flower, because there, were a, there was a beautiful rose garden that was all, you know, the roses all over the, the mansion. It was beautiful, and the Rhodes family was considered, I guess, um, very kind hot. people, like they, everybody liked them. Well, yeah, everybody thinks they're hot because of their hair. Um, mm. I guess flaxen, flaxen, which is not a hair color that I that really gets me going, but okay. Um, <laughs> and like, wow, I just love flax. That. <laughs> um, but we we uh, after we're flax, but okay. <laughs> we're flax, but okay. <laughs> no, that's the episode. Yeah. Um, so, so we skip forward back to 1603, and now Mel and Nellie are teenagers. Um, they're like 17 and 14. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Mel is um, an overly intellectual teenager. He's a gifted kid. He's being taught by a local priest who is very... Um, very affectionate and very proud of him. Like, he's very like, oh, you're going to do great things, kid. Like, you could even go to university and all that stuff. <laughs> I believe in you, kid. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're a star. <laughs> and the priest is not a villain. I think you could read more books. The priest is not a villain. The priest is a good character the whole time, which was really, Shocking. I was not expecting that, no. honestly. We haven't. We, he seems it. We haven't gotten that far in, but he does seem like a good person. Yes, I'm just, I'm just saying. I have, you know, I'm not. You think later in the next chapter he'll be evil? Actually, he, he didn't, he didn't have a sprite. That's how we know he wasn't going to be like a, a villain yeah. of the story. Yeah, that's true. 
If he had a very nice looking sprite, we would have been like, huh. Don't trust that guy. Oh, that's a vampire. <laughs> it's weird how he wears that cross upside down. Unclear if he's a vampire or not, that's true. Because um, he's only off screen. But uh, but he's like, oh, you know, Mel, it would be great if you became a priest. But Mel's like, I don't know if I want to be a priest because it's uh, the Enlightenment, uh, right? Or it's the the Renaissance. Yeah. Um, so he's like, I don't know. You know, I want to do great. I want to do great things with all of the the wealth and privilege that he has and all the talent that he has. But he's still trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life. Um, he. Uh, leaves the church and uh, always gives a coin to the beggar outside the church. And um, did they say the beggar was bald in that first sequence? Yeah, they did. Okay, because that that stuck out for me for well for several reasons. But oh yeah, and they talk about and he talks about how he's like oh like I'll help as much as I can, and he gives him a coin. Um, and I, yeah, we were talking about earlier, like, is that good or bad? <laughs> the sound effect for flipping the coin sounds like he's throwing it across the entire room. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get too close. <laughs> he well. <really> flips it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, like, there wasn't a lot of medicine back then. No. So, you know, I don't really blame him in that regard. Um, but, but, like, I don't know. It's It's set up as, like... I feel like this is a point toward Mel being a good kid, right? No, absolutely. But I don't, like, he clearly has the ability to spend a lot of money on his own without asking his parents, um, as we see as the scene continues. So I'm really not sure um, what this is supposed to say, if this is supposed to say that he, like, cares about good intentions but not actually following up on them or whatever. But he's, again, like, this is, for this time period, it seems very good. Yeah, I think I think it's hard to be very judgmental on him about this. I mean, he is seventeen, or wait, is he? He's seventeen. He's seventeen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's seventeen, and he's in the seventeenth century. So I feel like more. It would be expecting a lot for him to do more, in my opinion. You know. Yeah. Um. So he gets. Uh. He goes and picks up. Uh. He picks up jewelry from the. Um. From the jeweler, which is this fancy jeweler that takes commissions from the king and queen. So, like, wow. And uh, he picks up a birthday present for his sister Nellie, whose birthday is today. And when he gets home, we see uh, how she has grown up. And she grows up into being a very sassy and spoiled girl. Um, But they kind of, like, tease each other. And overall, it's like, she doesn't seem like overly sassy. She's not, like, overly sassy. It's just that's the kind of relationship that they have. Mel is very sort of closed off, and Nellie is sort of over the top, and that's that's their balance between each other. Nellie points out the dress that she's wearing, which I actually thought was a pretty cool design that uh, the, I guess, the artist designed in that she has this belt going around her that shapes to form a butterfly. Yeah, and, and, like, Mel doesn't notice that she has a new dress, and it all just kind of, like, sets it up that he's kind of, like, very oblivious and over... Like, but, like, overly intellectual, right? Like, he doesn't... He, like, has no... He doesn't have, he's a nerd. Yeah. yeah. And she's physically affectionate, but her physical affection comes in the form of tackling him from behind. <laughs> yeah, which is very, like... 
you know, and he even says, like, you have to grow up, you know, you're at her birthday party. It's is full of, of potential suitors because it's, you know, she's going to be married off soon. And uh, and so she is, you know, still being kind of childish about it and um, doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to she doesn't want to participate. She wants to be a kid for a little longer. I mean, she's 14. Yeah, which is completely reasonable. <laughs> she, she keeps calling her brother her, her prince, which is the game they used to play when they were kids. Oh, yeah, that's an important thing to set up. During the flashback, they set up that this whole thing that, like, Mel would call, Mel and Nellie would call each other like they're prince and princess, and Nellie is still very invested in saying that Mel is her prince, and, um, that, you know, he always treats her well and always will take care of her and that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, getting younger, when she was younger, it was very much like, oh, you'll always be my prince. And he's like, yeah. And now it's like, oh, you'll, you're still my prince. And he's more like, yeah, sure. Yeah, he's yeah, like, whatever. you're embarrassing me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, weirdo. I think Nellie at this point mentions something like, uh, of, you know, asking, like, if Mel is you know, looking at any women and he's like, oh, I'm not really thinking about that kind of <laughs> shit. No, you fucking anybody? <laughs> anyway, how's your sex yeah. life? Yeah, Mel's a, big, <laughs> Mel's a big nerd. He's like, I would never, like, he's like, I can never think about that. I only care about, like, learning and books and stuff like that. And, like, <laughs> what I've a got, nerd. I've got time for that later, okay? I've got to focus on things when I have the opportunity. Yeah, which is wild. Um, I don't know how historically accurate these sentiments are, um, but they are funny. I mean, I think back then, too, they probably thought, like, if you masturbated, you really would go blind and shit like that, you know? But So who the hell knows, really? But. Yeah. And, like, when when did men get married back then? I don't know. Because, like, women got married when they were, like, t- teenagers, but how? I don't know how long Mel has before he, like, has to get married or betrothed to someone. It seems this family is, like, more permissive than usual, also. I mean, they, they want them to let Nelly pick her own, like, suitor, but... Yeah. Well, like, I mean, also, though, I mean, um, what's it say? Mel has the choice of, <laughs> I can't believe I forgot it right now. No, uh, Mel also has the choice of entering the priesthood, which mm-hmm. is, like, I mean, you might think, like, well, that's a weird choice, but it is a choice, you know what I mean? As opposed to Nelly, who's like... It, it normally wasn't for the firstborn son, though. It, that would not... Oh, yeah, it was the last son, right? That was... Yeah, it was uh... normally a, at least a second son. It would be odd if he had no brothers to go into the priesthood. Yeah, that's we learned that from the vampire Lassat. The youngest son was the one that went to the priesthood because he didn't have any land to I, inherit. Correct. I forgot I had to tell everybody about the prerequisite to this season of <laughs> <laughs> the vampire Lassat. Well, oh, you didn't learn about primogenitor before this? Come on. <laughs> Come on. What kind of fatamagonarita are you? <laughs> so, um, there's like a, a like flash to something else. Like it, it goes dark and it, and a person says, don't make like something like, don't make me go back there. Like, I don't want to go back. The, the residents don't remember a thing and are surely living contented lives. And it's like, what? What is this? Who is this that we're talking about? Um, I don't, who could it no, be? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's several, like, interstitials with, like, you know, they're just like, hey, this is, we got a lot more story to get to. Don't worry about it. This isn't the only thing we're going to cover. Oh, and also, like, the maid, like, also gives, like, her own, like, sort of colored commentary at some points. So, like, oh, don't you feel so 
this way about how Mel and Nelly are. I'm like, hold on, let me decide that for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, the the maid, uh, we've missed this in the beginning, but the maid specifically says that, oh, here's me looking at them. I was so oh, yeah, jealous she's there. of them. Yeah. The maid's there. She works there. She's at the mansion during this time because she is a vampire and immortal and she was there back then and also here now. For- as- <laughs> Boy, you're going to feel like a fool when she's actually a werewolf or something. <laughs> she's definitely immortal. Well, she also says that, oh, it's not really me, but it's her. Just uh, also just for anyone at home, by the way, but like she's not lit- like we don't know that literally. Yeah, it's just one of those. Yeah, come on. Kind of deals. Yeah. It just right. seems very obvious in the first chapter that she is immortal in some way. And Mel even comments about her like, wow, you know, nobody knows how old she is. And like she, you know, is really good at what she does and does it really fast for like looking so young and like all this kind of extremely vampire flags. We ask her no questions about working here, apparently. And also, like, she has the, I've had these holes in my neck ever since she started working yeah. here and sleeps in a coffin. I don't know. Uh, they make the question of, like, everyone everyone being is, they make the point that everyone's, like, curious about what her name is, but no one wants to ask her. Because at this point, it would just be too awkward. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, and she, like, she came with the house, Yeah, right? she came like, with Dimension. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot. There are a lot of things. There are a lot of things about this. They do that in American Horror Story Season 1. That there's, like, a ghost-made person who's, like, actually kind of a cool monster in a way, but they fuck it up because they can't write for shit. And she's like, like, this is a modern-day thing where they buy this big house, and she's like, oh, I've worked here always. I'm just going to work here. And, like, the couple, even though, like, like, bad things are starting to happen, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, they just let this woman kind of insist on working there and paying her. And then she, like, kind of, like, sexually harasses the husband, and he's really mad at her, but she still, like, refuses to leave, and they still kind of let her work there, and it doesn't fucking work because that show sucks. Anyway, I'm sorry. Um, anyway. <laughs> you shouldn't sexually harass me anymore. Anyway, here's your paycheck. Yeah, right? Yeah, it really is like that. It's like, anyway, so. You can hear more in an offshoot podcast, American Horror Story. I really don't touch me. I'm so close. So the maid, anyway. the maid came with the house. The, all the maid's uniforms came with the house. Like, there's a lot of things that I'm like, was this just what it was like, like, in the 17th century? Because, like, clothes were rare. And, like, you know, you just, like, if you bought a dilapidated old mansion to turn it into Rose Manor, like, you just, like, took everything that was there. You're like, cool, nice furniture. This is mine now. Yeah, hold on. This this place was dilapidated. How, how she was that bad of a maid? Yeah, since then, clearly she's been a terrible maid. And it and before, right? Like before and after Rose Manor, there there was a bad time. Yeah. Yeah, before so. the the Mel's grandfather bought it and then fucked a woman and died. He he died during <laughs> coitus, by the way. They made a point of telling so us that. Much. Yeah. It's, it gets real in depth right away on that one. Just oh yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, no, we, we, we're, we're not there up. yet. Yeah. We're not there yet. No, but we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta hurry along because this is a long, long. Yeah, you're right. We don't have. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so I, like looking back, I think that probably the the person who was like, "Don't make me go back there." I guess it must. It had to have been the painter who was saying that. I mean, there are other illusions that we don't we don't get a payoff for. Because it's like the residents don't remember anything, and that that made it sound like. The children don't remember me, the painter. Anyway. Um, so, Nellie's birthday party. Uh, it is, as they predicted, full of suitors. 
Um, and she doesn't want to do it. She doesn't want to dance with any of them. She refuses to pick a husband. She wants to dance with Mel instead. And Mel is like embarrassed. And he doesn't know how to they do dance. So yeah. And then he doesn't know how, right? And then. Yeah. And everyone's like, why the fuck are they dancing? The yeah, the parents are mad because it's like, what the hell is? Or like, you know what I mean? Like this party's supposed to be to get like suitors for our daughter, and here she is dancing with her brother like a friggin' weirdo. You yeah, know, it's a waste of time. You know, they're like, come on, we we invited all these people over here. You got to pick one. Come on, but she doesn't. Um, and in the during the party, there's a there's thunder in the distance, and there is a knock on the door and some kind of kerfuffle that happens outside. Um, but it's quickly dealt with, and uh, the parents are like, no, 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 everything's fine. Like, go back to the party. But uh, it's about to rain, so the party ends early because everyone wants to make it back home before it starts raining. Uh, Mel, after the party, is still suspicious about what happened at the door. He was like, what was that? That was like a whole kerfuffle. What was going on? Um, they don't use the word kerfuffle. I don't remember what you- word they use. Just a word you're using right now. An altercation. Of some kind at the door. I should mention very quickly too, though the the maid will also interject and remind you that you're not in that time period that they are. That like she'll say like back then if you like stayed out too long in the rain you might not get home. Yeah. Or something like that, you know. Like, yeah. Not it's like. Good. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, she does a good job. Or the game does a good job, like explaining things that might not make sense because of the difference in technology or beliefs and the attitudes of that time period. Right. 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 So Mel is suspicious about what happened at the front door, but his sister wants to play cards with him, and so that he's, and he can't, he can't, uh, you know, she keeps bothering him, and is like, come on, please, please, and he's like, uh, fine, I'll play cards with you, and, uh, so they, they do that, and it cuts to Mel waking up in the middle of the night, um, I think it's it's raining, it's very atmospheric, and, uh, he can't sleep, and he just, he feels like, He's being called to, kind of, and he ends up wandering the halls of the mansion, and everything looks unfamiliar, and it's very scary, and uh, eventually he finds himself drawn to one of the maid's rooms, and um, he is like, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't peek in that room, like, there's, there's a woman in there, like, I, I shouldn't peek in the maid's room, but he, like, he doesn't even know what's in there, but he feels, like, overwhelmed, like, I'm gonna peek in there. Um, so, like, maybe this is what it was like when you believed that if you masturbated, you would literally go blind. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but he peeks in the in the door, and he sees the maid, our maid, the vampire maid, um, with uh, a girl uh, who has white hair and skin and blood red eyes. Um, this girl. But they're like rubies. Yeah, there is. She's so beautiful, and she looks a mess. And it seems like this girl was out in the cold and she was taken in by Mel's mother and and the maid is sort of helping her get adjusted and dressed and everything. Um, or just like comforting her in, in the way. And um, it seems like her father died and I, I guess she was, she was, she, at the time when I read it. Here, yeah. yeah, at the time when I read it, it, it seemed like she and her father were, like, I, I was almost like, were they attacked by something? Was that what the noise was or whatever? But whatever, her father died and she was uh, sort of taken in by this by this family. Or she, she was the one that showed up at the door during the commotion earlier. 
Um, and, uh, so he's, he's listening to this and for a split second, the girl, the white haired girl looks up toward the door and Mal is like, oh, maybe she saw me. And he like gets really scared and goes back to his room. Um, but we, the viewer, um, being the master of this house, get to stay and look in the room and hear the rest of the conversation. And we switch perspective to just see what the girl and the maid are talking about. Um, the so, something about the art. I'm I'm sorry for being crude in this particular moment, but the 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 initial art of the white haired girl like dressed in rags, like her her breasts are like sticking up in a way that was hilarious to me. Like her nipples were like curved up in the way the shirt fell, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> Um, it's, it's, it's just, wonderful. Nothing's wrong. It was no. a lot. It was like, wow, she's really cold. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was just. It was enough. It was like a J shape. It was just a lot. <laughs> wow, I I gotta tell you, I didn't I didn't really notice all. I this. get distracted yeah. about breast accuracy sometimes. Anyway, fair. I don't know. That's it's fair. possible. It's not impossible, I suppose. Um, in you know, in the great biological um, fields that we live. But, um, but it was kind of funny to me. Um, of all but, the things that are probably gonna happen in this horror game, though, that's. That's the thing that but might. But none of her other outfits accentuate her breasts in that way. I mean, that that is one of the key indicators of a vampire. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the no, J titties, yeah, J titties. As if possessed by the devil. None of the other outfits are like that. It's just that one. Anyway. So, so the original Salem Witch Trials were just wet t-shirt concepts? <laughs> yeah. You figured it out. Uh, <laughs> that's the version of that story that I want to see. Anyway. Um, so the maid is... is it, she? It seems like she's supposed to be comforting the white-haired girl, but instead she just tells her a story about how there's a witch that lives in Rose Manor. Yeah. Yeah, the house is cursed. <laughs> yeah, the house is cursed and everything, and she's like, this is the rumor about this, um... Who, who do we think the witch is? Her, I, I assume. Uh, yeah, the maid. Pro- probably the maid. Is she a witch or a vampire? I, you have to choose. They're not mutually exclusive, you know. I think the I mean, witch is somehow the white-haired girl after reading this chapter. Vampires can go to witch school. It's true. You can be both a vampire and a witch. It's the twenty. It's the 17th century. As we know, after studying Anne Rice, you can be both a vampire yep. and a mm-hmm. witch. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing in Anne Rice? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I all right. That's, yeah. <laughs> we, we should say that we have we a don't whole need to go the whole Mayf- Mayfair yeah. thing. <laughs> no, do not speak that name here. We've got enough cursed things going on. Um, but so she, the white-haired girl, says what her name is, but we don't get to know. We just get to know that it has the syllable E L L at the end of it. I'm not even sure if that's necessarily the case. Yeah, we do. I don't remember that. Yeah, it says her name is Long Ellipsis E L L. Dot. Well, but the next scene is Nellie shouting Mel's name, waking him up. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's what it was. It was the beginning of the next scene. It wasn't the the end ah. of this one. Oh yeah, Mel has two L's. Oh, yeah, he, it is Mel in this one. Okay, yeah. 
Okay. okay. I thought this was like a foreshadowing that they were, you know, because their names are all similar. It's possible, but I don't, I have no idea. They never reveal her name, but everyone else knows it. Yeah, we don't, we only, uh, only we do not know, which also makes me suspicious that this is us somehow. That we're the white haired, the maid? The white haired girl. Yeah. Oh, we're the white haired girl. Got it. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, also, a weird thing they don't refer they, the one of the rare things they don't explain in this is they refer to the male as an Abigail. Oh, the which, maid, yeah. Yeah, which I had to eventually they real they reveal is just an, is a, a generic term, which it is. It's not really time period appropriate, but it could be. So it, it dates back to a play in 1616, but it may have been in use at the time. There's a lot of like thing, but but. It, it, Later on in the 1600s, it's definitely an Abigail is the way you refer to a lady's maid. So it's possible. Hmm. Apologies to everyone out there named Abigail, but you probably already know that, if that's your name. Yeah. Some people don't know what their names mean. Like Abigail, listening to this podcast. Uh, that, I mean, it sucks, I think, to like find out this. In North Dakota, in <laughs> zip code 3... Oh, no. Um, so... So, okay, so it's the transition to, to Nelly calling for Mel. Mel oversleeps. Nelly wakes him up to report the next morning that they have a new maid. It's the white-haired girl. Um, back then, apparently, girls from, like, lesser noble houses would serve as maids at greater noble houses until they were able to be married. I, I guess that's what they did instead of school. Um, they worked as maids. That seems wild to me, like... Like you're already like you're rich, but you're but you you're not rich enough, so you go work for a richer person at their house. Correct. The five percent would send their kids to the one percent. Yeah, well, I mean, like wild. consider what they the expectations for women were back then. Yeah, like it makes sense that they needed to be trained on like how to do house. That stuff. would yeah, that's their that's their school. You can be a maid, a vampire, a witch, or married. That's it. Wow. Anyway. What it's, what's some real some real choices out here? Um, so uh, so Mel overslept because he got so scared last night, and um, so he's like, "Oh, I have to go find that that I have to go find this maid." And he's like, "Oh, did she have white hair?" And he's just transfixed by this girl, this white haired girl, and he runs around the house and goes and finds her, and immediately has uh, difficulty talking to a girl, um, which he never has had before, and so obviously. He has a crush on the white-haired girl. Um, he can't really explain it. He's completely transfixed by her, and he just and immediately, immediately starts talking about his grandfather's sex life and death. Oh the my same god! Sentence. Yeah, he tells the whole I, story of Rose I Manor. Had such secondhand embarrassment. It was great. They do such a good job of making this the mo- making every conversation between Mel and the white-haired girl so awkward. <laughs> it's great. It's legit too. And when I said before that he goes in depth, I meant literally. He says, "My grandfather died in a woman," and you're like, yeah. "Wait, he can't really mean that, right?" And he's like, and then he goes out to be like, "Oh no, I do totally mean that." Yeah, because he talks about how the house is like they, people say that it's cursed and misfortune happens, and he goes, "But my grandfather didn't die in an unfortunate way. It, arguably, he died in a great way that many people would like to die in." Uh, but not me. And then they high fived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that like people know about the curse, I guess. But and then like what when he talks about that the house is cursed, there's like a flash on the screen of yeah. like some blood, and it's like woo. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Oh yeah, didn't he say like, oh, but people also say it's cursed because like someone died here, or was that just yeah. me anticipating them saying that because of the flash? 
like people have died horribly here, but not his family. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've been okay. The roads. We're the evil people that live here. Don't worry. And everything is like beautiful now that the Rhodes family lives there. So it's kind of like, no, that was all made up. That was the past. Like everything's fine. We made it. We we you know made it so beautiful here. How how can it be cursed? Um, he also explains all the wild shit that we were talking about before. That like all the maids' outfits are from the previous owners, and like the uh, the black haired maid, uh, vampire maid, comes from the previous owners. At this point, the white haired girl. Uh, says, uh, he's, he's like, oh, do you want to go out to the Rose Garden and pick roses? Like, he keeps, like, offering her stuff. Like, you can have whatever you want. And um, she's like, oh, no, I can't go outside too long because I'm sensitive to sunlight. Vampire! Let's, let's... <laughs> See, like, they're, yeah. they're, they're leaning so hard on this. And then, like, next, like, in the next line, they're like, oh, and people think I'm a monster because of my skin color. And I'm like, how dare you make me lean into this assumption of you as a writer. Yeah, she's like people think I'm a witch and and there's something wrong and she's like you don't you don't think I'm scary because of my my pale skin and my white hair and he's like no. I think you're beautiful. <laughs> also, I couldn't have entered your mansion unless I was invited in. <laughs> I, you know, you can't really see me in a mirror so I look disheveled and sorry. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's why the maid was helping her, because neither of them can see each other in a mirror, so they mm. can see themselves in a mirror, so they need each other to help. Um, but, mm. Was uh, that in an Anne Rice book? Uh, no, Anne Rice vampires can see themselves in mirrors. Okay, sorry. Hey, they, they, these are some hot vampires, they can't fuck around with not being able to see each other in mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Mel falls all over himself talking to this girl. And uh, then, then it, it cuts to the next time he goes and talks to the, to the priest for his schooling, and the priest is like, you're really happy, what's going on? And he's like, no, I'm not. And the priest is like, do you have a crush on someone? And he's like, oh, maybe. And it's, it's cute. And he's like, you should get to know this person better. Like, you've only just met her. You can't be in love with her. You have to get to know her better. And it was, it was very, like, sweet and patient. Hmm. He was one step of, away from saying, so, have you learned her name yet? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's funny that that's what he thinks about Mel. And um, back at the mansion, while this is happening, Nellie has decided to redecorate her whole room so that she needs all the maids to come in and help her so that she can talk to the white-haired girl and figure out more about what her deal is. So Nellie interrogates her during this time, and the white-haired girl says that she comes from a country far to the south, and that she sailed a long time in the ocean to get here. Um, uh, is oh. that true? I don't Probably think Probably not. No, because she also not. like stammered a lot, and it was like really obvious that that wasn't true. Because she's trying to cover up the reason why the mother took her in. Yeah, and uh, and Nellie also obviously doesn't want this girl to date her brother. She's jealous. She's like, "Do you do you think my brother is cute?" And she's like, "No, I have no romantic feelings for Mel." And she's like, just very disingenuously says all this stuff. So she likes him back, but Nellie's like, "Good." And she, you know, she gets Nellie gets her to say no, and he's like, "Well, good." Um. And then there's a, a moment where the white-haired girl, like, thinks to herself that she has to make her move soon. Um, mm -hmm. 
So at this point in the story, I thought that her mission was to was to like take back this house or something like that. I was like, oh, is there a vampire conspiracy going on of some kind, like mm-hmm. uh, from the previous owner? But um, I'd make a great action movie. <laughs> made espionage. Um, so we're slowly learning things about the white-haired girl. Um, one day, Mel. So later on, Mel is bothering her. One day, he uh, just like be, he, I mean, he's talking that, to her all when, the time. In, in the yeah. previous um, scene, um, the maid, uh, not the maid, uh, the white-haired girl, um, sees a pic, a, 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 a drawing, a painting. In Nelly's oh room. yeah, she's looking at a painting, and she's like, "Wow." so beautiful she that was the one time that she was successfully able to distract uh nelly from the subject yeah and it's a painting of mel and nelly when they were kids approximately eight years ago approximately how long ago sir eight well it's supposed to be when they're uh um eight and such like when that flashback was yeah at least that's what nelly says i believe yeah Mm mm-hmm and she even says stuff like, oh, he was so embarrassed about having to pose for this and stuff like that. Hmm. Huh. So, yes, yeah, so we know about the painting. Um, and we go forward to uh, one day when Mel is asking the white-haired girl a bunch more questions about herself in the library. Um, she's looking at a book, and he's like, oh, do you know how to read? And she, like, avoids saying that she doesn't know how to read, but she obviously doesn't know how to read. And she was just looking at the pictures. And uh, he's like, what do you like to do? And she mentions that her father used to tell her stories. And so he says, well, tell me one of the stories that he would tell you. And she tells a story about a girl who is trapped in a mansion in the middle of the woods. Very similar to the witch mentioned earlier. And mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a love story. She she is, for some reason, locked in this mansion in the woods with only one window, and she can't get out of the window. And she's, like, happy being in the darkness for a long time, but then she decides to try to reach out to the outside world. And she writes letters and throws them out the window. One day, a dove flies in and has a, a letter in response from a man. And she they correspond with each other using this dove um, to bring messages back and forth. And they fall in love, and uh, the the man wants to. He's like, I want to meet you. I want to, you know, I want to help you. And at first, she is reticent, but uh, and doesn't send a response. And he's like, responds and is like, Oh, it must be serious. But I promise, like, I'm I am gonna help you. I love you. And she tells him her, the reality of her situation, and he comes to the mansion several weeks later and busts down the door and rescues her. And the man was a prince. And they lived happily ever after. The house of Fata Pagrana. Yeah, so they, and then he asks her what the title is, and he goes, oh, it's in Italian. And the Italian title is, it's a fucking analogy. (laughs) 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 And, uh, and so, yeah, so Mel is like, oh, I, you know, do you think, how, you know, do you think, who do you think, you know, the story was about, or like, did he, did it come from somewhere or something like that? And, um, do you want to die like my grandfather? Yeah, she's like, uh, I don't know. My dad probably made it up. Um, I think it was interesting that, like, um, that she says it like, I think it was probably my father's own conception. Um, because there's, like, a potential double meaning there. Like, if, like, at first I took it as, like, this is, like, her father's descended from the witch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But who knows? Because of the white hair, that was the main thing. I was like, oh, is this like a thing? But anyway, he t- Mel takes it as my father made it up. And he's like, well, maybe he was trying to encourage you to like come out of your shell and like, you know, be with people and around people. And, and she's like, maybe. And Mel is like about to confess his feelings when Nellie interrupts them uh, because she's jealous. And so like at this point, it's like very clear that I, I, I hope at least that, that Nellie is actually in love with Mel. So actually though, I do want to say I, I wasn't sure if she was like literally romantically in love or had like really strong, jealous feelings kind of thing. Like, and I think a lot of that was more my own hope that the yeah. story wouldn't go down that yeah. road. Because it is pretty obvious, but it's also like, well, maybe. She's only 14. I mean, she's still a kid. Yeah, her l- world is very limited. But, like, she she makes the white-haired girl promise that she's not going to fall in love with, with Mel and all that. So it's like... I mean, again, like, I feel like here there's still some, there's still some chance. I mean, I think you can tell from the tone how this is going to go, but like, either, you know, you can still like kind of hold out and be like, well, maybe, maybe she's a kid. She doesn't really know what she's saying. And, you know, she like loves her older brother and she, cause you know what too, actually, if you do have like an older sibling, you know, like I was very close to my brother. So like when he, and he was like 13 years older than I was. So when he got like a girlfriend, so it means like we couldn't hang out anymore. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. So there's also that aspect of like, maybe it's just that she's going to lose him. You know, that kind of thing. Oh no, I, I get it. It was just like seeing these haunted dolls talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess to be fair, it would be a really boring story if it were just about a sibling, like getting used to her brother growing up, you know, but. man. (laughs) A purpose of nothing, I'm currently in a Let's Play of Fire Emblem Fates Birthright uh, with Kuvo, Vicus, and Minifu, so maybe check that out on Kuvo's channel. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of inappropriate crushes on older Speaking siblings. Speaking of games where you can date your, your siblings. Oh, I thought you were, like, mad about this conversation, just like, <laughs> catch me on this other fucking uh, thing. I'm, I'm sick of I, it. I wish. Oh, no, you, you can date your siblings in that game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. <laughs> the fucking Game of Thrones. Dude, um, what the hell? It's, anyway, really, sorry. it's really a lot, folks. Um, if only some, like, psychologist had some thing to say about this sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, weird. If only there was anyone, though. So, Mel has a... Mel is, like, completely oblivious to this, obviously, because why would you think that? And, uh, he... Mm. That night he has a dream about, like, I guess the actual story of the witch, um, where it's... It's it's the story he has a dream about, like, a girl that was accidentally killed by a mob, I guess? Like, it's, like, several adults talking to each other, and there's, like, a one of them's daughter, uh... Or something like that. But it also seems like she died from neglect too. Like it's, I don't know. Like it, yeah, it, it's, it's very been... vague. I'm, I'm, we'll probably find out a lot more about this later. Because he's like, yeah. I didn't think she would die from that, and it seems like more like I don't know. It's, it's yeah, it's super vague. But they decide that the, their cover story is the blood of the witch killed my, and then the name is censored out. Um, yeah. So, but like they blame it on the witch, but it was really their own fault, I guess. Whoever these people were yeah that's right so mel wakes up in the middle of the night again and he feels like somebody's watching him um it's the white-haired girl we switch over to her she goes away and, and walks into the garden 
the maid comes up and talks to her. He's having sleep paralysis. Yeah, he's having sleep paralysis. Yeah, he straight up is. Yep. I couldn't tell if this if this is like because it's so like it's so obviously sleep paralysis in the way that like people normally experience it in real life that I was like, is this sleep par- like is, do vampires cause sleep paralysis or is this supposed to be I the reader I'm supposed to know that this is just sleep paralysis and he's not really having a supernatural experience. See, I I was very dense when I was reading this because this this happens like two or three times. Uh, in the story, and it took me until, like, the last time to be like, oh, it's sleep paralysis. I thought he was just being lazy and didn't even want to get out of bed (laughs) or look around. Oh, Belle. Um, and so the... So does the white-haired girl cause this paralysis? Like, it's hard to tell. Um, but she goes to the garden, and the vampire maid comes up to her and asks her some questions and she's like I'm not gonna judge you whatever you do the maid already knows her intentions clearly um she asks her some questions about some stuff like she says that like another servant in another house like went to was was caught stealing and she even mentions mentions him by name someone named Grimash which it seems weird to like not Gr- not Grimash isn't the leader of the horde, but like it's slightly spelled differently. Um, but it's just weird that like she like throws this name out. Like I'm I'm waiting to hear that name in a different chapter or something. Like is he also a vampire? Was this coded language? Like I don't know. Um, then the white haired girl she picks a she picks a white rose and the white rose suddenly turns red. Um, and she is she is surprised by it. Um, so I'm not sure if that's her power with her red eyes, or if it is the maid doing that to her, or what. Yeah. It's definitely ambiguous. Like, this is, like, a super ambiguous scene that's, I think a lot of these scenes are setting up the, what's to come, not anything we get a payoff for in the first chapter. I think the maid knows what it, what it was. The maid seems to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. She she sort of had this like, oh, it turned red, huh? I wonder why that is. is that she had that sort of air about her. <laughs> Doesn't she also say something like the mansion will support you? Like she's not just that's not just me, but the mansion will support you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah, she says something like yeah, do what you you have to do and you will not get in trouble for it. The the, the mansion will help you. Yeah. So then the immediate next scene is Mel asking the maid to help him set up a date with the white-haired girl. Yeah. By sending her on a on a false errand so that he can talk with her alone. Um and so now it is finally the time of Mel's confession. He gives the white-haired girl a carved rose, a replica carved rose since she can't go out in the garden uh during a lot the of day stammering, and look at them. Though. Yeah, and he's a big dork about it. She can't talk either. <laughs> Neither of them can fucking talk. She yeah. just never talks anyway. A good thing about this game is you can just use a scroll wheel on your mouse to like go through a lot of dialogue really fast if you need to, which <laughs> helps with a lot of these parts. Yeah. You can also adjust the speed of the text and put it into auto mode. Yeah. Because there's a lot of just da da dots. Yeah, it's mm. good though. Like I can, I can see so many, so much of the writing in this game. Like I can see the movie playing in my head of like how this goes and what it looks like, um, which I really like. It's very well written. So of course, uh, the maid or not the maid, the white-haired girl cannot accept his gift and runs away upset. Mel is heartbroken. He's sitting there crying. And she after she ran away, 
And who shows up but the priest? He walks up to Mel and he saw the girl running away and he's like, uh, I told you to, to see, was that her? And he was like, yeah. And, and he's like, well, I, I told you to like get to know her. Like, are you sure that you know who she is? Because I saw her and her father at the church uh, a, a long time ago and, and they were beggars. So they were not of, of noble blood. So the, the whole idea that she um, was coming to the house because she's no- nobility, uh, seems like it's made up. So Mel's like, oh my gosh, and he's like, but I love her anyway, it doesn't, you know, but I have to find out, I have to figure out if she's not nobility, why was she brought into our house? Does it make sense? Meanwhile, back at the mansion, <laughs> uh, I, so many times in my notes I wrote, meanwhile, back at the mansion, and I loved it every <laughs> single time I had to write it. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the mansion, Nellie has been betrothed to someone without her consent. The boy, oh, Arthur, who she specifically said at her party that she didn't like. Fucking Arthur. Well, Arthur Arthur sucks, to be fair. Arthur does suck. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's an especially shitty suitor. Yeah, she's like, Arthur, and then she, like, closes her fist and it closes up. <laughs> yeah, she's just a gripped fist. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Arthur, <laughs> but she refused to choose at her party. So, like, and we like the parents are just like this abstract concept in this game. Like, they're obviously yeah. present and they talk to them a lot, uh, talk about them a lot. But the parents don't get any lines. Like, they just happen. The parents happen off screen. Yeah, um, yeah. Oddly, just a Charlie Brown. Wah 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 wah. They say that the father is, is usually not a dimension. He, he goes back to right. To the He's usually at their real house. Yeah, so this is their second house. God damn. Uh, um, so, uh, but the parents are actually, like, they make a note of saying, like, they they give them a lot of leniency for the time. Yeah. And, like, um, Melody even says later, like, look, if you don't like Arthur, just pick someone else. The parents, our parents will be fine with it. Just, you gotta pick someone. Yeah, and yeah. she just refuses to pick anyone. Well, she's 14. I mean, I guess, again, back then, that's, she's like an old hag now, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. pretty much. That's how old the grandfather was when he died. Yeah. <laughs> a, I mean, it was different. The luckiest right? teenager in this town. They, <laughs> had to, they, had to, they had to grow up faster back then. Like, people didn't live as long. It yeah. was earlier when you were considered an adult, and you had to make hard decisions earlier. And, like... People just fucking died all the time, so like it was a different yeah. level. And you needed to have like a ton of kids because like most of them didn't survive. Yeah. So you know. So it, you know it was brutal, and like so she is is still refusing to sort of like live in like you know you can't there's you can only live in the time that you live right like yeah. And so she's not facing reality unless you're a maid. Yeah, then you can live <laughs> forever. Um. And, uh, but that, that, that happens. She's, she's upset about it. Um, I think even she goes to Mel and he's like, oh yeah, I know. I already knew that. that. No, that's later. later. Um, Mel has another dream again where he, he, or he has sleep paralysis again that night and feels like someone's watching him. And then the big reveal um, he feels like someone is, is on the bed and going for his neck. And I thought, yes, vampire time. But no, it's just a hand around his neck. The white hair girl is there and she's got her hands, a hand around his neck and she's like gonna kill him. She's gonna choke him. And 
he's like, what are you doing? And they have a very long conversation in which she never removes her hand from his neck. God. This is so ridiculous. You know, you know, at this point in the, in the story, the fact that she never removes her hand from his neck, like, you, the listener... This is the point in the story where you have to, you know in your heart whether this is extremely your shit or not. Yeah, like if yeah. you're like, oh, this is sexy as all fuck, you know this is your shit. <laughs> like you're either like, I'm here, this is what kind of game this is, and I'm ready to go, or you're not. Um, oh my god, I feel like such a Puritan. I never, I never even made that connection at all. Like, <laughs> Wow. This is why we do this podcast, Slopey. On one hand, yes, but the, then they immediately start talking about some pretty sh- serious shit. I was like, oh, well, uh, I guess we'll, I'll put my clothes back on. Yeah, so I thought they're not, they're not, uh, I was, of course, at the time, but that's separate. <laughs> um, and so she, so she hasn't been sent to kill his family. Like, she decided to do that on her own because of... The truth, which is that her father was a painter and he did some of the paintings that are in this house. And he used to be a painter for the Rhodes family, um, back when like Mel was a baby and before, uh, the, either the white haired girl or his, or Nellie were born. So they have like, you know, basically almost no memory of this man. Um, and, uh, but he was a painter for them, but he got chased out for something he painted. That's all she says for something. By the dad. And she's like, she's obviously very mad about this. After this, he couldn't get any work. Like the the Rhodes family, or I guess the father, it's specifically, but who knows? Like said, like no, like don't commission this guy. And so nobody did. And so they ended up starving on the street. And the white haired girl has the audacity to say, and I quote, "No one was willing to separate the art from the artist." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was a simpler time. It didn't have the context. It does now. The views expressed by the characters in this game do not reflect those of the authors. <laughs> <laughs> so she was going to come and kill Mel's father for revenge. But he's never around. Um, after Basically, her father died. So we know her father died. He's, he starved to death. He, uh, I guess, taking care of her. Um, but yeah, he's never there. So she couldn't, so she was like, well, I'll kill you, and then, then that'll be the end. Mel is sort of like, okay, I guess that makes sense, let's go with that. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm yeah, really yeah. sorry that that happened, like, I, if your father was still alive, then I would've, I would've wanted to help him and you, but, like, I want to help you, I want to make up for this, because, I mean, and, like, as much as he's, like... Oh, he's horny as fuck. As much as he, she's here to kill him, yeah, he's horny as hell, but also, like... He didn't have anything to do with whatever the beef was between their parents. So, he like, just thinks this is some really weird roleplay. Yeah, and, like, we don't know that much about his father, and, like, we don't know much about either of their parents. Um, they talk about how, like, he says, like, oh, that his parents love each other very much and that they have a good relationship even though they aren't around each other a lot and stuff like that. But we don't really know, like, how they are to other people or anything like that. Like, his dad could be a huge asshole or his mom could be a huge asshole and, like, and he would be like, yeah, like, my parents are jerks. Like, I'm sorry that happened to you. Like, I want to fix it. Um, and so 
so, but she's like, I, but I can't kill you because everyone at Rose Manor was kind hearted. He's like, your, your mom was really kind hearted for bringing me in and you've been so kind to me. And, um, the next part in my notes, I just wrote in all caps, I come here to kill you and you ask me on a date. (laughs) (laughs) And the ghost of her father is like, this is the worst fucking vengeance. I swear to God. (laughs) But it even goes like pretty much further than that. Like he pretty much proposes to her. He's like, all right, so we'll, we'll get some, some nice noble family to adopt you. And then you, you're a worthy enough person to marry me and everyone will be happy. It's a win-win situation. So let's, let's do that. But yeah. that is, like, to be fair, that's, like, date one back then, you know? Yeah, they, you couldn't even, yeah, initiate unless it was toward marriage. Right. Or you were being choked, and it was, like, an assassination <laughs> kind of thing. And then that was, like, really kinky back then. Like, when you... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> A lot of assassinations back then, but not all of them were sexy, I guess. Um, hmm. So, and he's even, he says that he loves her, I think. Um, he He says her name, but we're still not allowed to know the white-haired girl's name. And so he asks her out on a date. He's like, go see a play with me, um, which is a big deal because he hates going to plays um, with Nellie. And she always she loves going to plays. And um, and he finally breaks down and is like, let's go to a play. I think the operative word there is with Nellie. Yeah, I think so. So he gets the vampire maid to dress up the white haired girl like a noble woman. And they go on it. They're going on a date to... Uh, see Romeo and Juliet, which is still in theaters, but it's like a, a a lesser theater. And on that same night, Nellie and her fiance Arthur are also going there to see Romeo and Juliet because it's Nellie's favorite play. And Arthur wants some points, I guess. He does. He doesn't want to be there either. Arthur's like, look, I'm trying my best, okay? Like, I'm trying to, like, make this work. Neither of us can go against our parents about this. Like, look, I'm just trying to level with you here, Nellie. This this bitch is being a total Fata Morgana, you know? Oh, my God. I I can't help but side with him a little bit, though, because he's also, like, he's even, like, look at things from my perspective. Like, I'm also in a bad situation. Like, you know, like, he's like... Arthur? Yeah, because he's all right. He's also in a situation. They're both in a situation outside their control. They're both forced to be in this, and he's like, "Look, I have to be with you." So, who got really got the raw deer here? Yeah, he didn't choose her. And all Arthur hmm. knows is this: the girl who doesn't like me at all, and is really into her brother, and likes to go to plays. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, "Dude, I did right, not that's... make out too well here." Yeah, if he had chosen her, I would have disliked him a little more. But, like, he just seems like, you know... It's like, I'm making the best of a bad situation here. Yeah, Yeah. and she's quite over the top as well. So, um, yeah. So, uh... She runs away from Arthur and runs into... Runs into... Mel and white-haired girl. Mm -hmm. And they have a moment. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is when Mel gets a little bit mean, not just a little bit, he gets real mean, in that, like, she's coming to him to try and help, and he's, and, and this, this is the mo- This is where I tell her, he already yeah. knew. Yeah, but she's like, uh, dad's making me marry this do- doofus Arthur that I never liked. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I knew that, but you didn't show up to, you know, breakfast, I guess, because you were pouting. And you probably should have known this back then, but yeah. And she's like, you "Yeah, that knew? part's fucked up." Yeah, and she's and he's like, "Yeah, just accept your fate. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do about it?" And he's just like, "She's coming to him for comfort and to, to, to like try to get out of this." 
And whereas before he had always sort of expressed like, hey, I'm always going to be there for you. He's like, I'm not there for you now. I'm I'm done. I'm, I'm, I got somebody yeah. else to concentrate on, which is always a like an asshole thing to say, no matter the context. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she, she's also being an asshole to the white Yeah, she's she's kind of being a real jerk here, too, because she's like, because uh, suddenly it's it's no longer about uh, the betrothal to Arthur. It's, um, you came, you came to the, to the theater with, you know, this shit instead of me. Like, he, he actually berates, or she actually berates white-haired girl. I feel like if there's anything you're supposed to kind of, like, look down on Mel for, possibly, it's he has this sort of notion of, hey, look, this is the way the world works, what are you going to do? And he doesn't think farther ahead, which, to be fair, he's very young in a very, like, old time period. But, like, because also with the beggar, the second time he sees the beggar and he gives him money, he's like, this is all I have. It's like, and he kind of, like, figures, like, ah, what are you going to do? There's just beggars in the world. Like, he has this, like, thought of, like, there's nothing I can do about this, where it's like, no, you can, if you really thought about, like, why Why does your have fam- money, family have money and this guy doesn't, and things like that. Which, again, please don't get me wrong, I think is beyond his age, you know, at this point, and his station, and, and what year it is. But, like, here, too, he's just kind of, like, sort of, quote-unquote, uncharacteristically mean to Nelly here, because it's like, yeah, of course you're getting married. What, what the hell did you think was going to happen, you know? But, like... But because he's, again, like, this is just the way it is, right? Like, I don't know. He's self-absorbed, but, like, he's still never unforgivably self-absorbed. Correct. Like, no. he's just, like, appropriately self-absorbed as, a like, a person. Like, he's not, he's in the middle of the bell curve. Yeah. And he even hits his sister. It would be really, like, unrealistic in a way if he were just, like, totally woke. And, like, you know, yeah. I'm giving away all, yeah, like, that beggar's living in here and all that, you know. And and Nellie is really, I mean, she's, she's, he's mad at her, I, th- I think, also because she's not taking, you know, she's not taking control of her own destiny, you know, for him, from his perspective. Um, you know, she's like, he, he's like, look, you need to do this. Like, you're, we're not going to get out of having to, to do this. Like, you can't get out of having to marry someone. Like, you, you can't, I can't, st- and, and she's like, I want to stay with you forever. And he's like, I can't stay with you forever. That's not how it works. You, and, and, you know, he's mad, I think, because she's also not taking control of her own destiny because he doesn't know. She, I mean, he, obviously, he doesn't. He also doesn't want to stay with her forever. Yeah, which is normal for a sibling to feel. I mean, she, she loves him, and he was a bit, he was he was oblivious. But yeah, the, the moment he realized how how much she actually loves him, it kind of creeps him out. Like, yeah, and he slaps her. Yeah, and then he, yeah, they don't show it or anything, but yeah, then like, yeah, you hear you hear the, sound, you hear the pretty, slap. Yeah, yeah. And, and also she acknowledges. She's like, Mel hit me. Yeah. Yeah. They just didn't draw it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so the maid then steps in to us, like, in the present moment, and she's like, what a situation this is. Who do you think was right? <laughs> Isn't this very juicy, this story that we're watching together? It's very much like a kid's show where they're like, wow, that was such a thing. Who do you think was in the right? Was it A or B? Uh, so, I, yeah, I even made a thing in my notes bef- at, when she asked me this, because I said that I side more with Mel, but he should have been nicer to her, but only when she is willing to accept reality. Yeah. So, Nettie runs out of the theater here, and she doesn't go after her. Uh, he said that she, she doesn't really have anywhere to go except back to the house. Yeah, and it cuts to her room with an ominous red candle. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and at this point in my notes, like a fool, I wrote, damn, bitch, is this Crimson Peak? Not even knowing how Crimson Peak it was about to get. <laughs> uh, so she's mad. She's in her room. The painting is there of her and Mel as children, or so she thinks. She starts, she wants to cut the, like, scratch the painting between the two of them like cut them in half she she starts freaking out in the room throwing a tantrum and every you know um and then my favorite line in this game so far the uh the painting fell down and shattered like a metaphor for her life (laughs) and literally describes it as literally calls it a metaphor (laughs) it's very funny i have no other thing to say about it than that no no comment necessary, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. It was a real fanfic moment right there. <sighs> so she she scratches away the painting, um, uh, on the painting, and, like, scratches the paint away, and under some of, some of the paint. I assume she's scratching in the middle between the two figures, but it doesn't make sense that the date would be in the middle of the painting, so I really don't know. I gotta be honest with you, it was very reminiscent of that Simpsons... <laughs> cookbook scene in that if you've seen this we're like no yeah. but there's more dust on here oh yeah how to cook four men no how to cook man 40 men <laughs> yep so it says completed may 1587 which was 16 years ago um which would be older than nelly uh nelly is 14 and therefore and the girl in this picture would be at least 16 years old um, she has she has a line I like too, which is when she figures she's like, use your head, Nelly. It's not like that, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. So there's a a note on the back of the painting, and it says, "This is how I envision your son and our unborn daughter might look several years from now." Um, the person writing the note wishes to have a daughter with flaxen hair so that he can take her in. So someone was cheating. Flaxen hair like the mother. They even yeah, say. as a as a man hating uh, a- feminist, uh, which I I thought I was like, oh, was the dad cheating? Like that doesn't make sense. Um, but no, <laughs> <laughs> it was the mom. <laughs> uh, and uh, so yeah, so they're hoping that their child has hair that matches the father's hair. And I guess if she had, then they would have just acted like she was. Uh, Mel's dad's daughter instead of not. See, it took me a while for for yeah. me to even think that it was. Uh... The first reading felt felt like it was. This is the dad cheating with a woman who's gonna leave, and I hope your. And yeah, it was like I hope that our child, which is her, you know, like her her whatever mm-hmm. child she's going to give birth to, has flaxen hair, so that the child won't have to leave. Yeah, I didn't realize that both parents had that hair color. For me, it took very long for me to even realize that they were, it was cheating. I was like, oh, I guess the dad remarried. Yeah, it was, it was confusing. I think the implication is supposed to be that both, uh, Mel and Nellie's parents, both of them have that color hair. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which I, I had imagined it was just the dad. That had that. Oh, hair. okay. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's both of them. I think it's said to even said that. Yeah, because they say in the beginning the whole family has that hair color. So I just like was, but I was confused as well. But yes, so so the the reveal is that the mom cheated 
and uh, was pregnant with someone else and someone else who was painting. Hmm. Who, what painters do we know about? And what hmm. 16-year-old girls do we know about? The, the larger implication is that Nellie herself is just a cover for that pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Nellie's like, this isn't even me in this painting. Yeah. Uh, the, the mother had to get pregnant again after giving birth just to to cover the fact that she had, like, uh, a child out of, out of marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's probably true, yeah, because, like, you would think that, like, oh, she has a child... Everyone knows she's pregnant when the child turns out to not be, you know, obviously the father's. She's hidden away for a while, has another child shortly after that. Hey, you're a, your two-year-old child looks a little small for a... <laughs> yeah, no, like no, what? just premature, that's all. Just premature, we've... we've we, yeah, it's all I, surprisingly run up for the 16th or 17th century. She survived. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, isn't, like, a better kind of excuse just, like, yeah... She died. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. So, uh, so Nellie immediately realizes what this implies and, uh, collapses. And as it's like, as the shot is fading to black, the girl in the image, the girl in the painting's hair turns white for a second and then it fades to black. So that was a cool horror movie thing. I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't know. Uh, and so Nellie goes, then it, at some point later, Nellie goes to the white haired girl's room and asks her what color hair her father had. Um, and, uh, the white hair girl's like, uh, well, when I knew him, it was white, but it might not have been before, like, that he, like, basically that he was older. He's old, yeah. Um, and, and he's like, he doesn't have the, he wasn't sensitive to sunlight like me. Um, and she's, like, giving, like, a real answer, but obviously this is not what Nellie is interested in. Um, Nellie then attacks the white haired girl with scissors, and, um, we... We go over, we, we, we fade, we cut out of there, we fade out of there as Nellie attacks the white-haired girl. Um, and she's, she even says, she trails off saying, like, the only difference between her and me is, and then sort of trails off. Yeah. And, and so. the, I don't know, my reading of it as a time was like, oh, she's just cutting a bitch. Like, she is just going to kill this woman. <laughs> and then... Br- yeah. Well, I was like, oh, she's going to... Yeah, she's going to But cut also her cut off her hair. Yeah. So, at this moment, during this fade to black, uh, in my notes, it appears that I, I sort of took a moment of recollection and... Ref- or moment of reflection. And, uh, and I was like, damn... Who 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 done fuck a married woman and then doing a do a painting about it? Um, that's a lot. <laughs> well, well, the thing is that like that's how the guy that's how the painter got caught in general, right? Yeah, fucking yeah. He because because he did that painting. So I don't think this was like just like uh, hey like this only happens once kind of shit. I think like you know they they had a relationship yeah, they were and this is like his little yeah like this is his little like secret sort of like. I still love you so much with this hidden painting. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. kind of thing. And then like, ah, shit, white haired baby. It's wild. Like the implication. Oh, I fucked up and drew a second girl in here. Damn it. No, <laughs> hold on a second though. Like, do you think the dad let the painting stick around in their room after he catches it being evidence of cheating? I guess it must have just been in the house. Well, I mean, once you once you separate the art from the artist, then you're like, oh, this is a pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that he's like, hey, you know, I got to separate you. 
maybe it was like it, there, there's a whole story of of Mel and, and Nellie's parents that is not told, which is deeply fascinating to me, right? Yeah, they, they even stay say that. Together, the maid calls that out. Yeah. Mel, yeah, Mel says that they had they were had a very loving relationship. So like, what a wild ride! Because like, I mean, what was even like you know in this world of like arranged marriages like maybe they they were married for you know they they didn't particularly love each other and then she fell in love with with this person for real um like it must have been like so complicated and like they worked through it apparently in some way i feel it even could be though a thing it could be even a thing though like you know they're they're fairly uh I don't want to say liberal, but, like, they're fairly, like, open-minded for the time, it seems like. Like, letting Melanelli kind of have choices with us. So maybe they had some kind of thing like an open relationship, but it just, like, at that time, you, that couldn't really happen, if that makes sense. It really makes me feel like, yeah, like, the father might have been, like, he may have initially reacted really poorly, but maybe ultimately came to a place where he was like, you know, like, I'm, I care about you, and I'm, I'm happy that, that you, you know, like, he's, he doesn't, he's not just like, oh, my woman is, is whatever, he's, yeah, that he was like, we didn't get married for love, so. Then again, he often, like, leaves his family and goes back to the main mansion for, for long periods yeah. of time. But okay, I think context is an important thing here, and a, and a, and a good part of context is the fact that that there are this is supposed to take place around the time that Shakespeare is producing Romeo and Juliet, and he's not doing that in a vacuum. So the idea of of romantic love and star-crossed lovers was also something that was probably in the popular consciousness of the aristocrats. So it's certainly popular. It's certainly possible. That maybe they were just like, hey, we know how the world really works, but we have these romantic ideals, which are formed around this, like, romantic love first comes around because of people cheating on each other. Like, it doesn't, it's not created about marriages, it's created about people who can't be in love, but are, and then things go wrong. And so I guess maybe, like, it's totally possible you could have two parents who were like... You know, love would be great, and we gotta let our kids have a chance at it. But you know, when it really comes down to it, they have to marry the people that are politically expedient for us. Yes, of course. And the Capulets are just can't deal with them. So, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and and the whole thing, like maybe they wanted to encourage their kids to try to marry for love as best they can because they because they didn't want the same thing to happen that happened to their mom. Where, you know, she fell in love with someone outside of, of her arranged marriage. And the maid also brings up the issue that, obviously, uh, her, her, the mother brought the white-haired girl in because she realized she was her daughter. Yeah. And, but yeah. What, did the, what did the father think about all that? Yeah, and she even says, like, maybe the father loved his wife so much that Or maybe he... she didn't realize, or it, it's all... Where's the fucking cock? What the hell? Ah! Oh, sorry. Like, I I feel like I'm, I'm really fascinated by these parents. Like, I really want to know, like, how did they work through this? Like, did they... What was that story? Like Oren said, the maid brings that up. Yeah, she says that, that, that story was probably also very interesting, but it's not important to us, so... Yeah. Which makes me think, why, why, why is this story important to us? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That also makes me think, like, are we the white-haired girl? I guess we could also be Mel. That would suck. I don't know. I gotta be honest with you. It seems like the white-haired girl is going to come back more than Mel would. It seems like that's a, yeah, the more because we don't get to know what her name yeah, is. Yeah, not knowing the name thing is like, oh, that's a big old red flag. And she also disappears in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she just runs away. <sighs> so... 
So anyways, we're back to Mel. Uh, he's having another uh, good old sleepy time episode. <laughs> he is awoken up again by the white-haired girl appearing in his bedchamber. She makes advances on him without speaking. Mm-hmm. In my notes, I then wrote, oh, God, and then, ah! I sent a picture of myself on the bus while yes. I was reading it, just <laughs> like, because that really was my expression, and I just tried to capture it. God, I'm the end of that peach gif, um, getting lost in your eyes, scream. That's me reading this, um... So Mel is yeah. hilarious during this, by the way. He's just like, oh, she's just being really forward tonight. All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah let's <laughs> fucking do it, baby. Yeah, let's, let's just let's just have a kiss uh, where we just press our lips to get together and then just hold that for like three minutes. He even compares it to the night she tried to murder him. He's like, well, she was forward that night, too. So let's go with this. But then, yeah, but when they hold the lips together and you're like, oh, I know what this is. Uh, this is not oh, a good thing. Oh, and then so he knows ex- immediately. He's just like, "What the fuck?" And it like flashes like the the image of of the the girl that's in front of him, and like the lightning flashes, and he sees her, and she has the wrong color eyes. <sighs> yeah, oh boy, so, it's a lot. So the white haired girl is their half sister. They have the same mom. Nellie is really jealous because she had wanted to incest this whole time, but Mel wouldn't let her, or, like, didn't understand what she was getting at. And, and now he act, he did, but now he fell, falls in love with someone, but it is also incest. So, if you ever think you are unlucky with women, <laughs> let me tell you something about my friend Mel. <laughs> this, and, and, and Nellie's insane. Just look at this renaissance episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. Involuntary Melibit, they call it. Um, God. So, like, and Nellie's, Nellie has lost her mind. Like, she reveals to him that, that the white-haired girl is their half-sister, and she's, like, laughing wildly. Obviously, she has cut off the white girl's white-haired girl's hair and made a wig out of it. Who knows where the white-haired girl is now? Like, Nellie, they, they play this laugh... Nellie's like, oh, clearly you just have a thing for for sisters. Like, yeah, she's like, you already want to fuck your sister. Why can't it be me? <laughs> yeah, it's oof. Huh. How do you uh, how do you make a wig out of somebody's hair like that quickly? I know, right? So I thought she she just like scalped her, honestly. But apparently, yeah. that's not I was the thinking case. that at first too. Uh, but then, like, I don't know. I mean, but also, that, I think yeah. they actually allude to the fact that I think it's falling out on him. Because at yeah. one point, like, he mentions, like, oh, her hair keeps tickling my face. Like, she's shaking her head. And it's like, no, no, just, that ain't a real good wig. It's just kind of falling on you right now. Yeah. So Mel, I mean, screams. He runs out of the mansion and all the way to church, which is where all of these characters need to be. <laughs> Not the vampire. He yells at the church, but they won't let him in because it's dramatic, and uh, no one's there. It's this nighttime. It's the the middle of the night. No one's there. Uh, I guess the the priest doesn't live there, I guess. Also, it's like God has metaphorically forsaken him. Yeah, and so because God has forsaken him, uh, the beggar, like a beggar, approaches him, but... He shoves the beggar off and is like, get away from me, you're gross, or whatever. And But then it's actually the white-haired girl. And um, 
who's I, I don't know we can't we don't know like how injured she is or if she's deformed or, or something like that. it's unclear she's definitely bald yeah and he so then she runs away and he chases after her and like at that point he's condemned like that's it you know he rejected her um I mean, I feel like a lot of this is Mel's parents' fault, and he, I don't know why he specifically is being punished. Um, but she's, um, but she finally is there, the white-haired girl, and, um... Around a corner, so he grabs her hand around a corner, so he can't see her. Yeah. He can only hold her hand while the two of them talk around the corner of a building. And he's like, please, like, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. Like, please don't leave me or don't run away. Um, but she does. She does run away. And she doesn't know is the thing, too, right? Yeah. He, he, oh, yeah. When, he, when he realizes she doesn't, she doesn't know, he says something like, well, we, we can make it happen. We can, <laughs> we'll still be happy. No, no one will know. Yeah. We'll, we'll send Nelly away and then no one knows. Right. Yeah. He's also like, hair grows back. Don't worry about that. <laughs> he literally yeah. does do that too. That's that's the least of my problems right now. Yeah, <laughs> <really>. <laughs> uh, so the white hair girl runs away or disappears. He turns the corner. No, but but then, and, and she's not there. I think I think it was supposed to think she was never there. Yeah. It was the maid who. Oh, it might be. Yeah. Oh, because, yeah. Because, the, because the maid is there, yeah. and not only that, but the maid is also his sister. God, everyone is. Although, is the maid bald? No. So, But she's a vampire, so, you know, she could have made an illusion. No, the, the white-haired girl may, may, might have been the beggar, but she's not the one who was behind the car. Right, yeah. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> so then, the, yeah, the vampire maid shows up. She doesn't really help Mel feel any better. She's no. just kind of like, you know, I think I think the mistake that you made is that you were too kind. <laughs> <laughs> nice guys finish last, like really last. It gets very meta where it's like, oh yeah, he's like, oh, what choices could I have made to change this? And I just wanted to be like, none, dude. There were no options in the story for you to change your own. You yeah. shouldn't have said ellipses when in the beginning when they said the main said <laughs> good morning. Oh, ellipses part. I don't know. It's the only one I made wrong. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Oh, it's rough. And then that's it. That's the story. Yeah. That's it. Now, I think there was one part that um, really stood out to me about um, Nelly's um, sort of frantic uh, breakdown. Uh, also, that I don't, I think we didn't cover oh, was yeah, that yeah. she she said um, that if she uh, if it didn't end up being that um, that the white hair girl was their sister, that she would have probably gotten okay with it. The reason she went crazy was because oh, she's her sister. So clearly, yeah. he, he's got a sister thing. Like, which I don't believe from Nelly at all. Like, I th- I think she would have gone a little overboard no matter what no because she's already freaking out before then yeah yeah uh, she, she does say that like if mel had gotten a real girl uh, like girlfriend who he wasn't related to then she would have been mad but eventually she would right have gotten yeah mate. which i don't buy i i still think she would have overreacted i yeah it would have been different yeah but but probably the, the, the fact that she was his sister was the thing that actually got her over the edge it's just really twisting the knife for her oh yeah, yeah. definitely yeah, no. 
if there was a bit more equality in the way they both were treated, like if he also just had to marry someone because, you know, our family's going to hook up and stuff, it probably might have yeah. been easier for her than to be like, wait, you're with a servant? That's bullshit. And then it's like, wait, you're with a servant who also happens to be your sister while I'm your sister who's into you? Fuck no. Yeah. Oh, my God. Man. Nobody got a good turn in this, except that maid. So that was wild. That was, it was real scary. Like, the all the stuff with Nelly at the very end, like, that was scary. I thought that was really well done and creepy. Um, it, I don't like incest as a as a thing in horror, but... I don't think anybody... Oh, okay. I think horror. I think, like, I don't like incest. Like, I don't know if anybody's really a big incest fan. <laughs> like, yeah, but I mean, like, versus, like, gore, versus, like, you know, there's a lot of horror things that, like, you can say, like, this particular type of horror is, like, particularly upsetting to me. I don't know. Incest is, like, the bottom tier, below, like, really horrible gore or assault or abuse. Like, it's just, it's just rough for me, man. Well, and they do a really good job of, of, like, adding to the drama of that, too. This is executed really well. Yeah, because, like, when she says, dearest Mel, at that moment. Oh, I mean, wait, I don't think that that's meant for to be, like, a horror. I mean, this is supposed to be, like, kind of the tragedy that, like, sort of sets up the curse and everything, right? It's like, the people are in love and that. It's like, oh, you fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, I thought we were yeah, that, still in setup mode. But that final scene with that final scene with, with Nelly is set up like a horror scene. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and they're, they're mining it for it. I think it's, it's, it's not as bad as, like, you know, an edible thing where, like, you know, oh, you find out after the fact that it's incest. <laughs> At least yeah, this yeah, is yeah. When, you know, when romantic feelings are involved first and then people are, you know in love and their world comes crashing down because of incest it's slightly better but it's i mean i i consider it more like drama than horror like this isn't like that's where right. this isn't jigsaw throwing you the the jigsaw <laughs> 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 hey, hey, there's, there's only jigsaw. one way out of this trap and it's fucking your sister <laughs> <laughs> I want to play a game, but nobody else does for some reason. Have you seen the Bang Brothers version of of Saw? Because that's pretty much all it is. Emphasis on the brothers. (laughs) Yeah, what what if Saw was just like a big weeb? God, what if Saul was just like a big weeb and he was like, all my traps are themed around visual novels that I like? Oh man, I would watch it then. (laughs) <laughs> I, I would I would see the Steinscape one. That'd be cool. Yeah. But yeah, as yeah, I mean like uh, before we were recording I was joking about this, but like look, I'm I'm an Anne Rice fan, so like I'm familiar with gothic romance and incest as a theme in that um I just I I don't like it, but I think that this was executed really well. It was scary. I was scared by Nellie's feelings toward Mel. Like, I guess, yeah. like, maybe scared isn't the right word. Horrified. It was horrifying. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely horrifying. Agreed. Um, One thing, though, too, I was like, it was like when you kind of get the impression even early on that Nellie's kind of maybe too into her brother. Um, I was a little worried, too, because I'm like, oh, shit, is this 1603 and they're rich? Like, isn't that a thing? Oh, it like, might just be it, normal, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or they're going to be like, oh, all right. Like, like he's just going to be like, sorry, Nelly, I'm not into you. And I'll be like, and sister, like, don't forget, you know. But. Yeah, definitely. From the before times, who knows? <laughs> but uh, that's the story. So one thing that... 
one thing the med says is that um, you, like as, as the, the master, the one playing the game, might have a better idea of what happened to Mel after that. Yeah, or what happened to them next is what she says. Yeah. To them? Uh-huh. So I don't know if it's them, like Mel and the white-haired girl, or... Yeah, so why would you know that better than... So are we the white-haired girl or are we Mel is, is the question. Like, I think we're one of those people. Yeah, yeah. I think those are the two, yep. 100%. Because I think it's not Nelly, but Nelly's still alive, so them could easily be Mel and Nelly or Nelly and the white-haired girl. Or just or a Mel, character we haven't including met yet. Like, if she's just talking about... Well, she wouldn't say them if it's including you. It's interesting. So... Uh, or we or we know them for some reason. One thing I'm curious about as, as people are crafting theories, do any of you know what a uh, Fata Morgana is? Nope. Yes. It's a mirage. Yeah, it's a type of mirage that you see over the horizon when uh over the sea horizon. Mm-hmm. And- it's uh it's the light rays. So typically hot air rises obviously, but like there's I forget what the term is. There's like a specific thing where you might have like a pocket of hot air that's like trapping or other way around cold air that's trapping hot air down and the way the light diffracts through it will like make the horizon like parts of it look upside down or differently but it's like but it's a fatam it's a fatamagana oh so it's like the the desert thing too yeah yeah i guess so when you see water in the desert it's always people would see these like these fake islands and they would think like it's a land of the fairies or something like that and actually so it's named after uh morgan le fay Oh, of Arthurian yeah. legend. Yeah. Arthur. Uh, and we're in England. Oh my god. Wow. So, that's all I know yeah. about it, but Yeah, I googled it too before. <laughs> so to round uh, to round up the the end of the chapter, uh the maid sort of ends the story for us and and she says she won't she won't tell us her name until we remember who we are. Um so she's just the maid. And she leads us by the hand toward the next door. And as we go through the mansion, we go down into the darkness and we pass by a mirror. And the maid does not reflect in the mirrors. Vampires are afoot. Uh, we also do not reflect in the mirror. So we are also a vampire. Obviously. Obviously. It could just be a window. Or we're, or we're dead. Or we're a ghost. I guess. Mm-hmm. We, all of these things could be vampires or ghosts. That's true. Yeah. Um, yep. I think it's just a mirror. I think it's just a window to an exact replica room. Oh, man. That's... I mean, it is a crazy mansion. <laughs> we, like... I imagine, like, us, like, the this this character, like, going up and be like, Oh, no, it must just be a window to an, uh, exactly the same room. <laughs> I, I was sort of expecting this mansion to be like some weird magical, like shape shifting house, a lot alive house or something like that. But yeah, like time shifting, the you know, like you know, place shifting, just exists in all areas at all times. Yeah, yeah give me some some Winchester house, some uh, some rose red, perhaps. Yeah, that would be good. Rose red. Oh, uh, it's a. Uh... How many prerequisite things are we going to list for this podcast? Oh, we'll have a reading list. We'll post that in the YouTube comments. I think it's. Is it a Stephen King book? I don't remember. It was a movie that they always used to show on the Sci-Fi Channel. Anyway, um, vampires are afoot. That is my theory. Vampires, finally vampires. After all this time I've been on this podcast, finally play a game with vampires in it. Long overdue, I say, personally. Mm. Mm. I, I read a little ahead. Next time we'll have some more horror tropes. Nice.
that we didn't talk about. Werewolves. Uh, the maid also says that when we remember our true self, the curse will be broken. So that's interesting. Uh, All right. So, Spitfire, anyone got any guesses of who we are? Character we haven't met yet. My vote. I think we are the white-haired girl in some capacity. The only thing is, I, I think that, I think they do refer us as, as male at some point. Yeah, that's what that's what I don't understand. The master thing implies a male. I I don't know. I I think the white-haired girl's coming back. I don't know who we are. I yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that I feel like we're jumping around in time. Allegedly, I don't know how far, but I feel like there's going to be descendants afoot or anything, you know, and things like that, which is why I'm like, like, this is a story of, like, a family line or at least the multiple owners of the house. So that's where I'm like, I don't know if we have enough information to really know who we are. Like, that's where I'm like, kind of like, nah, I think I think we've yet to see who our true self is. And also, we're the master of the house, and the house existed and became dilapidated before it was purchased by the Rhodes family. So, and the maid was there the whole time. So it also kind of speaks that, like, we owned the house and it was in its prime and then something happened to us and we left and the maid yeah. has been waiting for us to return this whole time. Or maybe this has happened multiple times. But also at the very beginning of the game, we remember that we're being, like, we died. We're looking over our body. So, like, maybe it is a family line or maybe it's like a reincarnation. Yeah. I keep getting reincarnated as a grandpa. I keep dying inside <laughs> girls. Jesus. <laughs> Oh my god, what if this is like a porno where the maid's like, that's right, Grandpa, and then like, it was it's me. time to repeat this cycle. Me and the Grandpa, she, finally their love reunited after all this time. Get crucified and fuck. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe the maid is the person that the Grandpa died in. Yeah, I also thought like maybe she killed him, right? Like, and it was just like a romance, like, they, that's what she, that was a story she told. Yeah, and she sucked his blood. Yeah. <laughs> You'll say. Oh, man. Yeah, actually. God. I call my dick the blood. <laughs> That's... <laughs> so... So, you, you, uh, I, w I was thinking it was going to be something very, like, mystical of what we were revealed to be. I think we're going to be, like, a... I thought we were going to be, like, a fairy or, like, the, the actual concept of death or something like that. <laughs> the house, but a person. Yeah. You're just you're just a regular carpenter that made this house. Yeah, since this is like <laughs> our house. You know who else was a carpenter? <laughs> I feel the like father. We're we have to be a Dracula because we have a house that is like ours and it's like a living thing that like responds to us, which is a, which is what Dracula has. Oh, is that why we got crucified too? Because that's like because we're a Dracula. The, yeah, yeah, they're like. I know it's like they didn't really know. It's like something with a cross, you know, I think they're bad against or a stake. I don't know. Just crucify him. That way we get the stake and the cross in one shot. Just to be extra sure. I don't know. Yeah. I would. Yo, you fucking vampire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You would do the whole night. The whole nine yards. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, <laughs> and that vampire's name was Van Helsing. What? No, but. I'm 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 looking for some it's got to be very twisty based off of this first this first chapter. Do you think that the maid is actually our servant or our sort of like is she keeping us prisoner? She seems to genuinely genuinely like be happy about us being there. 
and referring to us as master. I don't know. I, I feel like this is she's totally setting us up for, oh, by the way, I'm here to, you know, show you your sins and why you deserve to be here in this horrible afterlife where I reveal your terrible family secrets and blah, 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 you know. I She gives me that total, like, you know, I'm kind of like the devil, you're being punished sort of vibe, even though she's a vampire, whatever, you know. I don't get the feeling this is going to work out well, is my point, you know. I, yeah, I think we're going to be evil. Whoever we are, I think we might be evil. See, I think that we are someone who's done evil but has sins to sort of, like, make up for. And I think she's leading us on that path. Like, we're, we're going to try to redeem, maybe not ourselves, but the path we've gone down. Yeah. Yeah, since that's sort of like, and that's sort of Mel's arc in this is like his fall, even like as a person, not just in the in his unfortunate taste in women. Are you are you saying that we're going to a house of better better Morgana? Yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. Okay, okay, just well, sure. well, we'll have more of that next time. <laughs> yeah, next time the second door, we approach the second door and there's a sound behind that door like some beast is behind there eating meat, which v- may very well be a werewolf, honestly. Like, here we go. I'm psyched. Damn right. The second door, 1707. Hey, who put this werewolf here? <laughs> hey, this werewolf's a real Fata Morgana, if you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> You mean he's a mirage? Nah, you idiot, he fought him a gun! Sorry. Good night, everyone. <laughs>